Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. We're continuing um, the series on Easter during our 21 days of prayer. Incidentally, just real quick, we're going to be gathering here on Wednesday at 6.30 for our last Wednesday of prayer for one hour. Now listen, I know it's the middle of the week. I know people come in tired, but God wants to use you in prayer. And listen, I need you praying for me. You need me me praying for you. Fill out your, your prayer cards through the app, which is Faith Arvada. In your app store, you can grab it. Or you can fill out the physical cards when you're here so we can pray and meet God and allow him to move our lives. Amen. Amen. All right. That's great. Great. All right. Here we go. So this Easter series is really a significant season. Many times as Christians, particularly Western Christians, we, we, we lose a, a, a connection to really some of these types and shadows of the Old Testament that point to a greater reality. And last week we heard the story of from the Garden of Eden all the way up to the children of Israel in Egypt and how they were in slavery and how through the power and supernatural things of God, he brought deliverance to them. But the night that they were to be delivered from slavery, he instituted the Passover meal. And in the Passover meal, they've continued, continued to do this to Jewish people for 3,500 years. They're still doing it. And during this Passover meal, there are four promises. There are four promises that they, that they read the promise and they would then drink, some say a cup of wine, some say a sip of wine. Depending on the size of cup, it may get a little sloppy towards the end of the fourth promise. But anyway, I think it's a sip of wine that they would take. And they would do that to remember these four promises. Now listen, these four promises are not just random. They're actually the heart of God for every human being on the face of the planet. These four promises are for you and they are for me and they reveal the heart of God for his people. And so as we lean into this Passover meal, we also see that Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he was having Passover with his, with his disciples. And he said this remarkable thing. He says, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, leading up to, up to this, every time they did the Passover, they remembered coming out of Egypt. Now, he wasn't saying don't remember that, but he's saying actually that was pointing to something greater. Now, listen, everything in the Old Testament, from the law to the feast to the Passover, everything is pointing to something greater. You could set the cross of Jesus Christ in the center of humanity and a timeline. And if this was the Old Testament, everything, everything is a type and a shadow is pointing to the cross, pointing to the cross, the Passover. You have the lamb who was slain and the blood that was placed on the doorpost of the homes that that judgment would pass over what was that pointing to it was pointing to Jesus pointing to Jesus and now you get to Jesus you get to Easter you get to the to the glorious work of God through his son Jesus Christ who was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth he was the four promises that we're going to look at that are going to be manifested in our lives he was the bright and morning star he was the one of which all things were made through him and for him. He was the one that God chose Abraham to bring through his line to bring forth 
a savior, a lamb. That was the whole purpose to undo what Satan did in the garden. So everything points to Jesus. Now you get to Jesus and now in the New Testament, everything points back to Jesus. It's only because of Jesus. It's only because of his work. It's only because of who he is that we are here today. Amen. Jesus is the center of the word of God. Jesus is the center of the work of God. There is no other side shoot going on. He is the reason. And so the Passover, Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And so there are these four cups and four promises. And so as we look into this incredible, incredible promise, we need to know that these are made possible. These promises are made possible because of what Jesus has done. And so here, we're gonna look at the first cup today when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He was, he was saying something about him. We need to find out what is he saying? What does it mean? And these are the four promises out of Exodus 6 that they read during the Passover. I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. This is the first cup. I will free you from being slaves to them. This is the second cup. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, third cup, and I will take you as my own people. These are the statements of God that he wants you to understand in your life. And so this first cup that Jesus would have read, would have read this promise, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And he would have taken a cup, a drink of wine. This is what's called the cup of sanctification. Now, now listen, the, sanctifi the, the, the word sanctification is, uh, is nothing but just a fancy word for to be set apart. To be set apart. Now, you, you need to understand the children of Israel, while they're in Egypt, they're in slavery. Now, that picture of slavery was, was a physical picture. Yes, that's where they're, they're in slavery. They are bound. They can't do what they want. They are slaves under the Egyptians. They only do what the Egyptians tell them to do. Now, you need to know something. That was a picture to what we, as all of humankind, has been born as slaves to sin. In other words, we don't, we can't do what we want. Now, we think, or the world thinks, oh, no, 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 I'm going to go satisfy my flesh and sin. That's really what I want. No, it's not. You are a puppet on the string of slavery to sin. You think that that's your choice. No, it's not. You are a slave. To, you can't do what you want. You do sin. You are given into your impulses. You are given into, into, but I had this desire, but we know this, that that road is a road that leads to death because that is the slavery of sin that every person is born under when you are born on the earth. So God put a plan together to get us out. And that's what this promise is, is I will bring you out. And this is the four I wills of God. But for us in our lives, you need to know that there was a time, and it might even be today, depending on where you are, that you are a slave to sin. If, you, if you're thinking, no, 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 I'm not a slave. I'm my own person. I do what I want. Well, Romans 6 actually talks about after you have come to Christ. He says, our old self was crucified with him. With who? With Jesus. So that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Slaves in bondage to 
controlled by, no freedom of choice. We were slaves. And so what Jesus is saying, I want you to remember something. Remember, when you take this around Easter, Passover, I'm telling you to remember that I broke the chains of the slavery, the sin slavery over your life or slavery to sin. He's telling those who have been freed, you and I, this Easter, to understand that you have had the bonds of sin broken off your life. He wants us to remember that. So this word sanctification is just, again, it's just this fancy word which means to be set apart. Can you say set apart with me? Set apart. To be set apart. And Easter is the time that we remember what we could be without Jesus. Where we should be if it wasn't for Jesus. And this first promise is very humbling when you begin to unpack it because it literally means, listen to me, it literally means God intentionally, purposely picked you for his glory. He chose you. You're like, no, 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 I chose him. No, you didn't. He chose you. That's what's humbling about the whole thing. He actually chose you. That blows my mind because I know me. And I know some of you, and I wouldn't pick you, and you wouldn't pick me, but he chose us. So when he's saying, he literally means, Jesus is saying, when you drink this cup, when you recite this promise that I will bring you out, remember, Jesus says, I want you to remember, number one, I want you to remember, I chose you, you did not choose me. It's humbling. You have been set apart by God through Jesus Christ for his purposes. You have been carved out and set apart by him. I know this is at times can be a, a controversial theological um, discussion, but it's important that we understand because it's very humbling. It's very humbling. You being set free and saved from slavery of sin now listen to me, it did not originate with you. It wasn't your idea. You didn't choose it. It did not originate in your will because your will is tainted. Your heart is deceitful and who can know it? You have no desire, you, you have nothing in you to even recognize that you're a slave to sin. It did not originate in your heart to be free. It originated in God's heart to set you free. I want, just think about this just for a moment. You can't choose yourself for God. How arrogant to think that you can say, excuse me, God, excuse me, excuse me. I'm gonna be on your team. Now let me in. He chose you. Just like Abraham didn't choose himself for God. Abraham didn't, he didn't even know about God, didn't even know, never worshiped God, never heard of God. All of a sudden God says, I'm calling you. I'm choosing you. Now Abraham came into agreement with that and said, okay, all right, you chose me, what do you want me to do? And we, when he calls us, we can come into agreement with what he's calling us to do, but he's the one that chose us. This Easter is the season Jesus wants us to remember that he, what he said in John chapter 15, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might bear fruit. We didn't choose God so that we could bear fruit. He chose us so that we can bear fruit. 
So Easter season is a time for us to remember, you don't own yourself. You don't own yourself. You have been bought with a price of the blood of Jesus Christ. He has chosen you. You've been set apart for his purposes. What is this all about? It's this this word that we hear a lot. It's all about grace. Think about when you were saved. Okay, just think, think back to that moment. First, God revealed to you that you were not saved. Do you think that you can actually come to, your, to, to the understanding, actually, I don't, I'm not saved? No. Why? Because you're not saved. Because you, you, there's nothing in you that would, that would somehow reveal to yourself that you don't know God. Just like Abraham could not think one day, you know what? I don't know this God I don't know of. He wouldn't think of it. It would cross his mind. It was by the grace of God that he called Abraham. But God reveals you're not saved. He convicts us of a Holy Sp- of, by, by his Holy Spirit. With him reveals to us that we're actually sinners. That we're actually lost. And so he shows us we're a sinner. He convicts us. And then in the moment that we're like, oh my gosh, I am a sinner. He offers the solution, which is Jesus Christ. And then he says, will you, will you accept me? Will you invite me? Yes, I will. Are you coming to agreement with his choice on your life? It's called the grace of God. It's humbling. This Easter season, God wants you to understand and remember that he has marked your life. You are chosen by God. His fingerprint is on you. You didn't choose him, but he sure did choose you. And you then came into submission to that choosing. He saved you. He set you apart. It's awesome. It's overwhelming to me. Like, why would God choose me? I wouldn't even choose me. Why would God choose me? Why would God choose you? This cup of sanctification, this promise says, I will bring you out. I will set you apart. Why would God want any of us? I know me, I deserve hell. I deserve hell. There's really no answer to, to why would God choose me except for he showed grace to me. Why did he choose any of us? I, like, I, I have nothing good apart from him, truly, truly, I have nothing good. I am, I, I was born enslaved by sin, marked and stained by the darkness of sin. And Satan thought he had won with all of mankind. Now remember, God created mankind for relationship with him. And since Satan hates everything God loves, he, 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 he butted in and he, tried, and he got mankind to fall, which would then mark mankind forever. But then again, God sets a plan into place. In the beginning of the garden, that through the seed of the woman would come one who would crush the head of Satan, crush the power of, the, of, of sin, and destroy our slave master, which is Satan and sin. But this is the heart of God. Now, listen, I, I, I know this. It doesn't make it, it actually seems foolish why God would call any of us. 
why God would, in a, like, it, like it doesn't, I can't wrap my head around it. And if you, if you can, if you're thinking, well, you know, God, wink, wink, I bet you're excited I'm on your team, aren't you? And then we have a problem. Once we come to the realization of, man, I got nothing to offer. And then we come to the realization, but God said, I want you. It's very humbling. There's this understanding that doesn't, it doesn't, there's no human wisdom in this. Why would God choose weak things for his purpose? Why would God choose Abraham who didn't know him for his purpose? Why would God choose the, the children of Israel to bring forth the one who would ultimately save us and crush the head? I don't know. I don't know. But it's amazing. Paul writes about this in Corinthians. He says, to those whom God has called or chosen, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than the human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called or chosen. Not many of you were wise. No, that's, I wasn't wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Nope, not, listen, I got zero influence. Not many of you were noble birth. In other words, you, hey, hey, you came from the wrong side of the tracks and you think, uh-uh, sorry, that's foolishness. God would never want to choose someone with a, with a bad past or a dark past or from a, a family that, that, that really is nothing. But God chose the foolish things. Yep, that's me. Of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. God chose you and set you apart for his glory. That blows my mind. This Easter season, God wants you to understand, I chose you. You did not choose me. So maybe some of you, even today, and maybe in your struggle, your stumble, you're, you're thinking yourself, oh God, I know you chose me, but I, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I can't, I'm not worthy. That is alive for the pit of hell. Because again, he's the one that chose you. You did not choose him. Therefore, he chooses who he, he chooses the foolish things, the weak things. And everyone says, that's me, right? But he's marked you. And he chose you. And so Jesus says, when you do this, Around Easter, remember this. I chose you. You did not choose me. Then he goes on to say this. I remember this, number two. I chose you for my purposes. I just didn't choose you and like a top and just spin you. And you just go and just, just do whatever you want. No, I chose you for my purposes, for what I want to do through your life. So not only did God set you apart that, and you didn't deserve it, he, put, he brought you in his family. You didn't deserve it. He did so to work his purposes through you, through you. Listen, all of us are, are unlikely candidates for God. All of us are. But what we, don't, what we need to understand is, is none of us belong to ourselves. We have been bought with a price. So when, when God calls you and chooses you, it's not for you to do what you want. It's for you now to say, God, here I am. Use me. God, work in my life. Work through me. God, do, do, something, do, do something in me and through me. 
And you might think, no, I, I'm an unlikely candidate. Well, that's fine. Take a number. We are all unlikely candidates for God to work his purposes through. And the other side is this. Many of us think, okay, I can accept God choose, chose me. Okay, all right, I can do that. I'm saved. But then the enemy lies to us. And the, and, the, and the shadows of our past tell us that actually God can't use us. So, so that you won't accomplish the work of God through your life. Because if Satan can't stop you from getting saved, he will stop you from walking out your purpose. Now you have a purpose wherever you are. You have a purpose that God wants to work through your life. But all of us don't belong doing what God's called us to do, but after he chooses us, he says, now I chose you for this. God picked us anyway, even though we were unlikely candidates for his purposes. This isn't about your purpose. This isn't about your dream. This isn't about what you want. This is about his purpose and his dream. And when he chooses us, we ask the question, God, what do you want to do with my life? I was just at a pastor's conference this week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, in Houston, um, it wasn't snowing like this, but anyway, in Houston, it was warmer. But it was a pastor's conference with about 150, 200 pastors. And there was this deep longing in the American church to understand our role. And I shared a couple messages to, to these pastors, but one of them was this, that Jesus, <laughs> that Jesus called and he wants his church back. Because what happens along the way as pastors and leaders, we insert our passion for a church we're leading. We insert our vision, our mission. And I shared with the pastors there, I said, I said this is a true statement. None of you shed your blood for, for the redemption of your church. Jesus did. Therefore, he purchased it, he bought it, it belongs to him. Your job as a leader is not, let me tell you what I want to do, it's God. Let me tell you what God wants to do through his church. There's a purity that's coming. There's a move of God that's coming to the American church that we're moving away from all these, we build whole, whole churches around a, a, a niche of, or a niche of, of what we like to do. Who cares what we like to do? What does Jesus want us to do? It's, it's about the great commission, the, the kingdom, serving him, honoring him. He set us apart to do his purposes. But the fact is this, all of us are flawed. Every church is flawed, I promise you. Every senior pastor, pastor is flawed, I promise you. But God likes to use unlikely people like you and like me. God likes to use people who are like, oh, my personality, who cares? What does it have to do with your personality? You are marked and called by God. Do his purposes. It's just, I just want to look at a few of these unlikely candidates that God has used throughout Scripture. So we know God picked Noah. And we saw that Noah made a terrible mistake as he got off the, 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 the ark. He, he, he got drunk. And he was, he, he was, he was, his dignity was lost. Abraham was too old and he, he lied a lot. When he felt pressure, he lied. Moses was a murderer, couldn't even speak well. Like, like, like God, God calls Moses and says, Moses, I want you to go. And I want you to go back to Egypt. You haven't been there in 40 years. But I want you to go back and lead my people out. And he's like, I, I don't, I, I, that doesn't fit me. 
That doesn't work. I, I, have it. I don't have that life skill. And God's like, what does that have to do with anything? I want you to go back. And I want you to say this, but I, I, I can't say things very well. So what does that have to do with anything? I have chosen you and picked you and set you apart. This isn't about you. It's about my purposes. So Moses got to be a part of this incredible thing that God did. Jeremiah was depressed. Oh, he's depressed. He's the, the weeping prophet. Like he was like, you know, like Debbie Downer all the time. That's just, he was always like, hey, Jeremiah, give us a good word. The judgment of God is coming on you. And he's weeping while he's saying it. God, David was a murderous adulterer. Mary Magdalene, before she was saved, she was demon possessed. Samson had zero discernment, insecure. Rahab was a prostitute. Zechariah was just a wee little man. He was too little. I, I'm little. I mean, God, what, what does that have to do with anything? Jacob was a conniving deceiver. Peter did not even knowing Jesus. Paul had a horrific past of murder. Jonah ran from God. God said, I picked you. I chose you. Now go to Nineveh. He's like, I don't want to go to Nineveh. And he goes somewhere else. And then God's like, okay, all right, okay, no, throw them overboard. Throw, just throw them, okay, throw, now fish, pick them up, bring them back. Noah's like, okay, gosh, God, like, I, I, what does it have to, Noah, I know you don't want to. You don't like them, I do. What does my call on your life have to do with your purposes? We're talking my purposes. Because I want to do things through you that you never thought possible. And stop telling me what I can do through your life because of your limitations. I am God and I can do whatever I want. That's the beauty of this call. Elijah had a mental breakdown. A mental breakdown. Like he couldn't even, couldn't even just get up. He had to lay by a stream. So I was just so, I was just, I can't do it anymore. God, pick somebody else. God's like, no. But, but look, God, I, I'm just, I, you know, they're going to kill me. And I'm, I just, I know I saw you do that, but I, I, I can't do it anymore. God's like, just stay there. I'll bring you some food by birds. Here, eat this. Why, why, did, why didn't God just pick somebody else? Because that's not how God works. He says, no, I picked you. I don't want to work my purposes through you. Joseph was abused by his family members, thrown and sold into slavery. Can you imagine? They take him out and hanging out with Joseph, and all of a sudden they jerk his, 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 his coat off. What, what, what are you guys doing? His brothers, they slap him around a little bit, push him in a, in a, in, in a hole. What, what are you doing? He's at the bottom. Look, what, what are you doing? Reuben, Reuben, what? Somebody, what are you doing? And then they come over, oh, oh, you're messing with me. Yeah, sure, they pull him up and all of a sudden they put him in, in, in chains and they sell him as a slave. And he's there in, in, the, in, on, in the caravan going away and in, 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 in slave looking back at his brothers, smiling, snickering, abused. God, God can't use abused people. Yes, he can, he's done it all the time. He just wants you to understand that he has selected you and picked you. Therefore, he's going to use you. Why did God choose you and me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why God would ask me to pastor this church. It's the greatest honor of 
sure, on his life. It doesn't matter. What matters is God said do it, so I do it. Why would God use you? I don't know. But I celebrate when he says, hey, I've called them to do that. He didn't choose us to do whatever we want. He chose us to work his plans through us. So whatever that is, wherever he has you today, this Easter, God wants you to start saying, Lord, why did you put me in this role? God, why did, you, why did you place me in this position? God, why do I own this company? And God, why am I, why am I uh, in, in construction? Why do I work at Starbucks? Why do I go to this college? And why, why did you put air in my lungs? That's the right question. And then, yes, God can put dreams in your heart. And, and the, the, the right question is this. It's, it's only this. God, is this your dream? If he says it sure is, then get after it. Submit all things to him. It doesn't under, why would God want to work with us? I mean, he's God. His words created planets and stars and the universe that's fully always expanding. Why? I don't get it. But he did. And Paul says that we are, in 1 Corinthians 3, we are laborers together with God. <laughs> I don't get it. But that's who we are because we've been picked, chosen, selected. 2 Corinthians 6 1 says, We are God's co workers. Why does God need me and you? I don't know. But He wants us. He wants us. We, we have a hard time understanding. Yeah, I know God loves me. I know God, yes, but I'm just, I'm just terrible. Listen, no, no, no. God just doesn't love you. He likes you. He likes you. We think, yeah, he loves, he loves me, of course, because he's God and he's God is love. No, no, he, he likes you too. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to, that's why, that's why Jesus came to restore this intimacy that was lost in the garden. To, to restore, hey, I, I like you so, what do you mean? I, we're part of this together. We're coworkers. God picked Abraham to bring forth Jesus through his bloodline. God picked and chose you to fulfill his purpose through your life. Easter is about you understanding that he has a purpose for you on this earth. Jesus said, listen, hang on this, this Easter. You stop and remember, I chose you. You didn't choose me. And you have a purpose. And I want to work my purposes through you and your family. Through Why did God give you those children? Why did God give you that husband or wife? Why did God set you as a child in that home, in that family? Ask him, God, what's my purpose? Why did God place you wherever? Ask him, God, what's my purpose? I belong to you. I bought with a price. I don't own myself. You own me. And he says, because I want to do supernatural things through you. This whole idea. I mean, you, you take Moses for, for an instance. Moses is a shepherd. Yeah, yeah he was, a, okay, prince in Egypt. Yeah, okay. But he was, he's been a shepherd for 40 years. Like, he, he, he's moved on. He didn't walk around, hey, well, I used to be a prince. I, no, he was a shepherd. So God speaks to him from a bush. Hey, go back. I can't. 
So he goes back and God, you know, okay, I'll help Aaron. Aaron can help you and, you know, we'll do all this. And then, and then he, he's still carrying his shepherd's staff. No, notice, notice God didn't swap it out for a, for a, a, a scepter. He just, he, that's who he was. He's a shepherd. He gets to, to the Red Sea and people are freaking out. And, We're going to die. He's like, I, I, we might actually, I don't know. He's like, God, you brought us so far. Where are you? And this way, God says, what's in your hand? Well, I, yes, I, I'm a shepherd. I, that's what I, yeah, that'll do. God just needs you to give him what you have. He's like, it's a stick. Got a stick, God. Anyway, what are you going to do? God says, use what you got. Use it for me. Point it at the Red Sea. He's like, okay. And it parts. Now, if I was Moses, I'd be like, no way. And I'd take it away, see what happened. And I'd put it back. <laughs> I'd take it away. But why, why would God use the, 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 the shepherd's staff? He was reminding Moses, hey, Moses, remember this, this isn't about you. It's not about you. It's about my purposes through you. God loves to use us for his purposes. We are co-workers with him. God put you on this earth so you can fulfill the purpose you were created. That's what Easter is about. The cup of sanctification set you apart for his purposes. And the third thing Jesus is saying to us is, number three, remember, I chose you to live differently than the world. I chose you to live differently than the world. This was the whole picture we saw with the children of Israel. They were called out of Egypt, out of which represents our slavery to sin. It was their natural slavery, but it represents, it's a type and a shadow of all of us. And slavery calls us out and then gives them the law to live differently. You're not to look like the Egyptians, even though they wanted to go back. Can we just go back and just get, you know, just some food? Man, I miss, I am missing my Egyptian food. And the Lord's like, no. So I, they, they wanted, he said, no, that's not, you're to live differently than they live. Because I've chosen you, I've set you apart, and you're to live differently. As followers of Jesus, now I, I'm, this, I'm gonna say something that can be convicting, but also it's very, very, very simple. We are to live differently than those who are not following Jesus. This Easter is a time to surrender those things in your life that are keeping you from partnering with God and seeing the supernatural things working in your family, through your life, in your workplace, in the company you lead. And wherever it is, this is a season to say, hang on, hang on a second. I'm called to be different. I'm called to be different. And I believe that, listen, I believe the Lord is saying to you today, it's time to go all in. It's time to, it's time, it's time, it's time. stop, stop giving three quarters to me, give it all to me. The time is now. We are to stop playing around, stop compromising. He's telling us, I chose you, I have a purpose for you. And it's greater than anything you can imagine. It's time to, to repent. It's time to confess. It's time to, to live your life for the glory of God as he picked you and called you 
set you apart to give you the greatest adventure you will ever experience in your life. Because we measure what God can do by us. God measures what he can do with us by him. Yeah, with man, that's impossible. But with me, man, all things are possible for those who believe. It's time we believe that God's picked you, given you a purpose. It's time we start living our lives to the glory of God. Earlier we, we read that Paul calls us co co-workers. Well, Paul's writing the church in Corinthians and, and they, they, they were compromising. They had been set apart by God, but there was some compromising in their life. He goes on to say, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Don't receive it in vain. No, no, no. Understand God's grace. Don't, don't just keep sinning. Hey, I'm saved. I'm good. I can just keep doing whatever I want. That is not why God chose you. He chose you to be different than the world. Different attitude, different spirit. He even, he, he, he even compares, Paul does that in Galatians, the difference between the flesh, which would be the world, and the spirit, which is to be us. This is what I'm calling you to. Live differently. Live differently. And later he quotes a scripture that was actually from Isaiah being spoken to the children of Israel. He says this, come out from them and be separate. See, all throughout the scripture are these, these little markers of these four promises. Come out and be separate. Sanctification means to, to, to set apart, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing. It's time that we get compromise out of our lives, out of our homes. It's time that we say, I'm not going to go along with the world anymore. Listen, God is looking for the church that's going to honor him with their lives. They're going to be like salt and light. You will never make a difference unless you're different. Easter is a new day for all of us. Easter is a new day as, as we say, God, I want to live differently. It's not that we're, we are, we're, we're condemned. It's that we say, okay, enough is enough. God, it's so humbling that you chose me. And why would you want to use me? But you do. I don't know how you're going to use what I have or who I am, but you will. And I want to be different. I want to get this stuff out of my life. So this Easter, it's a time for us to remember that Jesus is saying to you, I chose you, you did not choose me. Remember, everything in your life is because of him. Everything you are, everything, it belongs to him. Don't confuse stewardship with ownership. If he, if he set you apart for his purposes, if he purchased you by his blood, you don't belong to yourself. So everything that God puts in your hands belongs to him. Ask yourself, God, how can you use my home for your purposes? How can you use my car for your purposes? How can you use my finance for your purposes? How can you use the breath of my lungs? How can you use my, me, my mind? How, how can you use my, me, me and my church for your purposes? God, whatever you want. And when he tells you, you know, say, I, actually that's, that doesn't work. Because I've, I've got a shepherd staff. And you're asking me to, 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 to part the Red Sea? 
God loves to take who we are and us give it to him and him do something we never actually thought possible. He likes to take the foolish things and confound the wise. That's what he does. That's who he is. His thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are different than ours. He didn't choose. You didn't choose him. He chose you. It's time we see everything. Everything belongs to him. It's time that in that realization, we are humbled and overwhelmed by his grace. Lord, just use me. He reminds us this Easter, remember I chose you for my purpose, my, 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 my purposes. It's time you ask God how he wants to use you. What do he wants you to be involved in? It's irrelevant of your personality. I mean, th- every person that God used, what he called them to do was like, I don't know if that fits in, in their number on the Enneagram. Who cares? Jesus owns you. Do what he says. God, here I am. Here I am. And he has called us to live differently than the world. It's time that we stop having one foot in Egypt of the world and one foot of the kingdom. It's time. It's time we knock it off. God, I I don't want to do it anymore. For you, some of you young people, it's time. You draw a line in the sand. Be the woman of God God's called you. Be the the man of God he's called you to be. Knock it off. Stop, stop messing around with these other areas of sin and compromise. And you got one foot here and one foot here. And you got this other online personality going on. You got this happening over here. And you get, you're sleeping with your boyfriend, your girlfriend. God says, knock it off. I chose you. I picked you. Live differently. That's the life that, that you're, you're, you think you're going to find it there. You think that that's actually really living? No, you are. You are dying and you think you're living but when you follow me you die to those passions and you really start living he's calling us to be people of holiness not in our own efforts this isn't about legalism i hate legalism about the only thing that i'll cancel is legalism i refuse cancel culture but i will cancel legalism We're not having it. This is about obedience to the Father who picked us, selected us, gave his purpose and said, I've called you to be different than the world. It's time we do what Hebrews 11, excuse me, 12, 1 says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily has entangled you. Why? Because you need to run with perseverance, the race marked out for you. In other words, you've been chosen you have a purpose that's your race and this third one these things that hinder you throw them off these things that keep you from being what God's called you put them aside I've got a race for you to run it's time we seek God we allow our lives to be open vessels for him to move in and through and do whatever he chooses it's time we say, Lord, I, I'm struggling with this area. Will you cleanse me and forgive me? It's time we repent. It's time we throw off whatever it is that hinders us and run the race he's called us to run. It's time.
It's time. God is getting his church ready for what he wants to do through us. We need to understand. He has so much for you. He has so much in front of you. Give your life fully to him. Fully to him. See, in Hebrews 12, they, they were running the race. They were just running it, hindered, entangled, tripping. One foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. And so Easter is about us understanding what Jesus has done so that we can actually live a life that is awesome. Not for our glory. It's not for your name, but for his. Who you are was chosen to be used by God's purpose. And so God invites us to live that way. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you today for your word that speaks to us, that challenges us, and always moves us closer to you. So God, we commit and submit all these things. Lord, today, for those of us who are struggling that you actually chose us, I pray that you would overwhelm us with your love and your presence. For everyone joining us online and in this room that we would sense right now the overwhelming grace of God that humbles us deeply. That we would realize you chose me. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for saving me. And the same for all of us. May we realize today that we have a purpose. And that purpose is not found in a self-help book, in a personality test. It's not found in trying to model somebody else that we want to be like. Your purpose, our purpose, is found in you, God. And we seek you for that purpose. Show us what you want us to do. And today, God, we make a decision. We're going to live differently. We're going to cast off all that we have allowed to entangle us. We're going to just submit it to you and ask you to cleanse us. And we're going to start brand new today. And this Easter season is going to be a season of incredible life change. So, Lord, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for, the, for what this season represents. Thank you for this promise that you will bring us out. And you've separated us. We love you, Lord. Just remain with your heads bowed if you're here in this room or online. And you recognize, I don't know Jesus. I feel that he has, he has picked me. He's chosen me. And I feel convicted of my sin. And you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to ask him to cleanse you. You want him to, for, you want to come into agreement with what he's telling you he's already done. If you want to submit to that right now, just lift your hand either online or in this room. If anyone wants to come into agreement with what God's already done. Amen. We're going to pray a prayer. And the Lord says, if you confess with your mouth 
mouth. Actually, Paul says in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, that you will be saved. So let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for making me aware that I'm a sinner. I confess I need you. And I receive what you've done for me. So today, God, I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe that you are calling me. And you want to use me for your purposes. So I say yes to everything that you say. And so I take myself from the world and I fully commit to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand today for his faithfulness. Amen. If you can, let's all stand to our feet. And I would like the honor to bless you. And before I pray for you, I just want a couple, couple announcements. We have Easter invites out in the atrium. You can grab them and you can use them. Invite folks at work, invite folks, um, your neighbors. Come on, invite them. It's gonna be a great time. You're gonna really be blessed. Our Good Friday service is gonna be very powerful. And then we're gonna celebrate that Sunday together. It's just gonna be a great time. So grab some of those and feel free to use them. We also have some Easter yard signs that you can put in your yard to, um, to advertise kind of all these services coming up. Um, don't put it up today. Probably should wait a little bit until the snow goes away. But then also wanna remind you, grab your no empty tables box. And again, for those of you who are online, you can stop by the office and grab those. So if you can, just lift your hands. I wanna bless you today. Father, I thank you for your people that you've called according to your purposes to make them a holy people, a chosen generation to bring you glory and to bring you honor. So Lord, today, I pray you bless them. You would remove every distraction from their life. God, I pray today that you would, you would dismantle every lie of the enemy that has infiltrated their minds. God, I pray today that they would walk in clarity, they'd walk in purity, but God, that you would set people around us in this church, for this body, for us to walk this journey together. God, meet every one of their needs, financially, emotionally, physically. God, I bless them today in the name of Jesus. As an under-shepherd to you, I bless them, God, with all that you want for them. May they receive it. May they walk in it. May they find themselves in breakthrough. May they find themselves creativity, God, just exploding as they partner with you. May you advance their businesses. May you bless them financially. And everything that, that happens in their life, they realize this is for your purposes and for your glory. So, God, go with us. Protect us. Keep us safe and continue to lead us through your word and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.